0: Hello and welcome to Capital Cast. I'm Jerry Nowicki, and today we're interviewing Tom Demmer, the Republican candidate for state treasurer. This is the other half of a two interview series with the major party candidates for treasurer. You can find our interview with incumbent Michael Frerichs the same place you're listening to this one. There, we go more in-depth about the Treasurer's role as Chief Investment Officer in Illinois. We'll have other candidate interviews for various races published throughout the final days before the November 8th election as well. In this interview, we're speaking with Demer, the Deputy Minority Leader, and a Dixon Republican who has served in the General Assembly since 2013. He's known in capital circles as a budget guy, the Republican House point person on the issues of state finance. He's a frequent speaker in committee and on the House floor and is also the GOP point person on Medicaid issues, a little reported but important function of state government. We touch on all of that in our discussions as well as Demer's views on why he as treasurer would provide a stronger check on democratic power. Here's our conversation. So December 2020, you and I spoke uh, about your general uh, aspirations for statewide office, um, what when did you decide treasurer
1: and why? Uh, you know, that's a, a good question. I I think um, you know, it was a process of over a couple of months just thinking about, you know, what the upcoming election was going to look like. Um considering, I mean, I think at the time we talked about, you know, I was considering would I run for another term in the house? Uh would I run for statewide office? And if so, which would that be? And, you know, as I thought through what those opportunities looked like, one that jumped out early on and repeatedly was the Office of State Treasurer, uh, largely because of, you know, the much of the work that i had done in the legislature uh, around state finances, uh, around the state budget, thinking through, you know, what both the short and long-term uh, financial prospects for the state were. And, you know, I really thought that uh, what drew me to the Office of Treasurer is I really think that uh, Illinois needs, uh, at a statewide level, a constitutional officer, somebody who's elected by all the voters of Illinois, can't be hired or fired by the governor, you know, is not is not sort of a subordinate there, but an independent constitutionally elected officer who can be uh, a voice uh, of, of kind of a check and a balance, uh, especially in the state's finances. And I didn't see that uh, with our current um, office holders. And so I thought, you know, I think this is a really important concept for uh, us to have in state government and uh, be, given the experience that I had in the House, um, you know, being able to speak up on fiscal issues, being able to be, you know, kind of a watchdog for taxpayers and and speak up about what's going on, be a check and a balance, I think was something that uh, fit what I tried to do in the House of Representatives and in the Office of State Treasurer, I think was a great opportunity to do that at a state level.
0: So as you're obviously very well aware, but my listeners may not be, um, the Illinois sort of has two well, at least the comptroller is is sort of the more fiscal officer than the um, uh, treasurer. So I guess, what is it that the treasurer does uh, at a very basic level?
1: Yeah, I mean, very, very simply, the treasurer is uh, sort of in charge of the bank accounts of the state, uh, the investment accounts of the state, and so is, you know, handling and keeping the monies that come in from, you know, all kinds of different taxes and fees that are paid, uh, and keeps those, those monies. Um, and you know, invest them for longer term, and then you know, keep them uh, available and liquid for short term purposes as well. Uh, beyond that, then there are a number of other kind of individual um, uh, responsibilities of the office. Some that people are most familiar with: uh, the office of unclaimed property, the uh, division of Un- unclaimed property, where uh, you know, if you uh, let's say you've got an old rebate check from a utility company that you forgot about and you moved and it never was cashed gets turned over to the state at some point, and then the state is uh, responsible for trying to um, uh, identify where the rightful owner of that is and and, uh, give them back their property. Um, So that's one that a lot of people are familiar with just because it's, uh, you know, you can go on the website and type in your name and see if you've got any money coming to you. Uh, Another one that people are familiar with is uh, the 529, the Bright Start College Savings uh, Program, uh, again, that's one that has a lot more public attention on it, and something that's run by the treasurer's office uh, through a third party, but it, it's uh, managed by the by the treasurer's office. Um, and then there are some other um, retirement savings accounts, savings accounts for um, individuals with disabilities, um, and other um, kind of special purpose uh, responsibilities. But primarily, the state treasurer is responsible for keeping state money.
0: So the chief fiscal officer for the state then is comptroller. So some of the stuff you described in your opening statement sort of makes it seem like you might have more interest in the comptroller's position. So what, uh, why, so I guess what, uh, broke the tie between comptroller and treasurer then?
1: Uh, I really think the treasurer is somebody who, uh, should be looking out both for the short-term and the long-term health of the state. You know, there, there is, uh, uh, I think, given the, the comptroller's focus on, you know, issuing checks, looking at what the short-term payment cycle is, uh, getting money out the door, you know, processing vouchers, that's very much in the day-to-day operations of of state finances and responsible um, for to that level. I think the treasurer should be somebody who's talking a little bit more about, you know, what trajectory are we on? Uh, where is the state heading? How How do we look like, you know, not just limping along from, you know, one budget year to the next, but thinking a little bit bigger picture than that. Uh, I think it's something that Treasurer is uh, in a good position to do or could do uh, if, you know, if that was something that the uh, holder of the office believed in. Um, but, you know, I also, and, and maybe we'll talk about this, but I also think it's a, a smart idea to combine the offices of Treasurer and Comptroller. Uh, you know, that's been an idea that's uh, out there for for many years. I think going back to Judy bar who uh, uniquely held both of those offices at different times, and so I was really aware of you know, how each of those offices function. Um, And that's, that's something I think would be in the best interest of taxpayers, saving some money um, year to year, uh, but also giving you a, a unified uh, office, unified fiscal office, that would uh, be an even better opportunity for some independence and a check and a balance in the system.
0: Yeah, I had that on my list. So you had filed a bill to put that question to the voters. And in, in, in January, you filed the bill. Um, so it would be sometime after your election as treasurer, in which case it would uh, it take effect. And I did find it interesting that a lot of the, the conversation on that usually folds the treasurer's office into the comptroller, but you had it the other way around. Why?
1: Yeah, so I, I and, you know, this is not the first time I filed a bill to combine those offices. Um, I, I've been working on it for um, for many years. I mean, I think going back to my first or second term in the House, uh, I had a bill uh, to to combine those offices. And we've seen it both ways. I tried it. One way of combining in the comptroller's office didn't get much traction on it. I thought maybe let's try it the other direction, see if we can get some traction around that. Uh, you know, it's been frustrating because to the extent that there's been you know people of both parties who through the years have si- have signaled some support for it uh this constitutional amendment to actually combine the, the offices uh always gets blocked by uh the rules committee in the house it's, it never gets assigned to a committee or you know allowed for a vote and so i think there's that's been a, a source of frustration i think for even some people in both parties
0: um do you have cost estimates on it um, as to how it would be positive for taxpayers?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, savings of about ten million dollars a year uh, is is uh, in line with what previous estimates have been. Um, it's been a few years since those estimates were put together, and so you know, it may be a little higher now. Um, I, I'm not not certain of you know what it is right now, but. Um, there is certainly some savings to it, and uh, through the years, it's that ten million dollar number has come up from quite a few different uh, folks looking at the situation. And is that mostly for
0: duplicative staff or something like that, or?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's some staffing things, and then you know also maybe some efficiencies in contracting, um, and you know putting different systems today separate systems putting some systems together uh, could yield some savings as well. Okay,
0: so talked about a little bit of what the treasurer does. Does the actual task
1: of sort of chief
0: investment officer, does it, does it make it more challenging to sort of get to the top of of voters uh, consciousness uh, in a race like this?
1: You know, I think uh, this is a, it's always a challenge to get in front of voters, especially in a year where there's, you know, all the constitutional offices are up this year, even more so. Uh, everybody in the state is in a new legislative district, uh, right? The entire Senate is up for re-election. the The entire House is all members of Congress, uh, and they're all in new districts. And so there's a lot of there's a very different looking ballot for quite a few folks this year. So it, yeah, it's a challenge. But you know, we're trying to talk about just a you know some very straightforward topics. So this is dollars and spent cents, taxes and spending. Uh, what's the condition of state finances? Uh, These are topics that voters are used to hearing from uh, elected officials about, from candidates about. And so I think that does give us an opportunity to to say, hey, look, you know, I I know you've got a lot of other decisions to make and there's a whole long ballot out there that you've got to work your way through. uh, But let's talk for just a minute about Treasurer and let's talk about the state finances. Uh, And I, I think people have been pretty receptive to that so far.
0: And so what would you, I guess, consider your main points of differentiation between uh, yourself and Treasurer for
1: Well, I think, you know, first, I believe the Treasurer should be somebody who speaks up about uh, state fiscal policy, somebody who advocates for financial responsibility, somebody who works to educate both the General Assembly uh, and the public about maybe uh, offering sometimes a a point and counterpoint, (laughs) uh, you know, or one side of an argument and another side of an argument. Uh, to make sure that we're really understanding how the decisions that are being made in the short term affect the state long term. Uh, sometimes serving as a check against the governor's office, uh, whoever's is in, in in power. Uh, you know, we have elected independent officials for a reason. And it's because, you know, they should there should be a, a little bit of back and forth and, and a check and balance there. So I think the treasurer should speak up more about that. I, I haven't seen that from treasurer Frericks. Uh, in fact, the only thing that I've heard at Treasurer uh, stand up and advocate for um, is the kind of the second reason I'm running, which is, you know, he has been a supporter uh, and advocate and sponsor of initiatives to raise the income tax through a graduated uh, tax amendment for the last 15 years uh, w- during his time in the Illinois State Senate. And then again, as treasurer, uh, year after year, he sponsored and supported initiatives to uh, raise the income taxes uh I oppose that uh, you know I oppose that very strongly both in the legislature uh, and you know out uh, talking to folks in the community uh I also oppose you know in, in 2020 uh when we were talking about the graduated tax amendment that was on the ballot for voters to weigh in on uh he said that uh, we should have a conversation about taxing retirement income. Uh, I think that's the wrong idea too. So, you know, I've, I've stood up in opposition to that in the House, stood up in opposition to that uh, out on the campaign trail. And, uh, you know, I think that the treasurer shouldn't be somebody who just uh, simply goes back year after year and asks for tax increases. Treasurer should be somebody who's talking about, uh, you know, what we can do to uh, strengthen Illinois' economy and the positive impact that would have on state finances over the long term. So yeah, I was I was going to bring
0: that up on the um, retirement tax. He sort of walked that back at times since then. Um, it's it's I know it's sort of a frequent thing um, that's that's brought up uh, in discussing the treasurer. But uh, I guess what role would the treasurer play in tax policy? Is it just that sort of uh, publicity check or whatever? Um, a, a different a differing voice or how does the treasurer play in there?
1: Yeah, I think it is, you know, somebody who's going to, like, offer both sides of these arguments, right? And so, uh, Treasurer Frere can go out and make the case for why we should tax retirement income. I'll make the case for why we shouldn't tax retirement income. You know, what kind of, which person do you want leading these discussions uh, if the General Assembly is going to come back and talk about instituting a graduated tax amendment again, you know, taking another run at that uh, uh, signature initiative that that, uh, Governor Pritzker worked so hard to try to pass. Illinois voters rejected that uh, graduated tax amendment. Uh, I think Illinois voters would reject a concept of taxing retirement income. And you know, this is an issue where uh, I feel very strongly that uh, you know I'm I'm on the side of the majority of Illinois voters, whether they're Republicans, Independents, or Democrats. uh, They don't want to see continued income tax increases. They don't want to see a retirement tax.
0: You mentioned Treasurer Frerichs come from, comes from the General Assembly. You come from the General Assembly. Uh, how does that help inform your role? I know you're you're obviously known as one of the lead budgeteers for Republicans in the House, but do you have majority party allies that could help put forth any initiatives you're,
1: you're looking to pass? I think experience in the General Assembly really helps. I mean, you know, we have three branches of government. Uh, the legislature, the executive, and the judiciary, and each has a unique and independent role to play. The legislature is, all, is obviously a place where you know, policy um, gets made. So debates happen, bills get passed, laws get laws get enacted. Uh, that's uh, uh, you know an important thing for any uh, office. It's an area where I think you know as treasurer I'd have a chance to to um, weigh in, to testify, to advocate for or against uh, proposed legislation so having an understanding of how that process works is is certainly important and yeah i mean you know i've i've spent uh 10 years in the house of representatives and you know worked with people on in both parties on a wide variety of initiatives and i think there is an opportunity there to to try to find again you know we're talking about you know some of these concepts that have support from a majority of Illinois voters. And I think there's also always an opportunity to try to find uh, coalitions in the General Assembly of both parties to try to rally support behind those kind of proposals.
0: So I know your your role in the General Assembly was sometimes just to moderate some Democratic policies within discussions in, in, in the hopes of bringing bipartisan support to something. But on top of that, do you have any, Uh, bills you're particularly proud of that you passed within the General Assembly?
1: You know, I'm I'm particularly proud of work that we did uh, really year after year um, on the state's Medicaid program. Uh, You know, this is another area that I focused on quite a bit in in the legislature. Um, You know, every year we would have a bipartisan group, uh, Republicans and Democrats, uh, representatives and senators, and uh, representatives from the administration, whichever party was in control really throughout all of those years and work on uh, looking at all the various proposals for the state's Medicaid program, and uh, then trying to come up with a consensus. And that was uh, usually a very successful uh, program. And so, you know, I was uh, our lead uh, for the House Republican Caucus on that Medicaid group, and we put together um, bills each year. You know, the the reason that I think matters is, you know, that's uh, a program, first and foremost, that Provides uh, healthcare for about a quarter of the people of Illinois. About one in four Illinoisans is part of the Medicaid program, so it's a very, very large program. It's obviously very important. It's healthcare. You know, it's something that's literally a, a matter of life and death, or a huge uh, contributor to quality of life for a lot of folks. But also, you know, importantly, it's a huge part of the state budget, and it's a huge part of the state's finances, and it's a key area where we have to be sure that when we're making a promise that we can afford to keep it that we can actually be on both sides of that we can tell people that this service or this is going to be covered or you know this is the way the medicaid program is going to run and then we have to follow through on it and that impacts you know not just the short term hey what are we paying in the next 6 months that impacts the long term health of the state's uh, finances and so you know we really had to juggle those those priorities there of uh, how can we provide the best possible care uh, but how can we do so in a responsible way, in a way that we can actually keep our promises. And so working on those uh, bills year after year, uh, you know, having uh, direct input into what was in those bills and what wasn't uh, was something that I was I've been really proud of and I think is a tribute to what can be done when there is an opportunity to work in a bipartisan line.
0: So are there are there any specific uh, either legislative initiatives or maybe just through executive changes at the treasurer's office you'd look to implement upon election?
1: Well, you know, I think there's always an opportunity to do sort of a top-to-bottom review. I mean, that's that's a common thing when there's a when there's a change in an office is to, you know, go back and look at the contracts that we have, uh, certainly in the state's uh for state's investments for the break start program, you know, what are the what are the fees that we're paying? What are the benchmarks that we're supposed to be hitting with the returns on some of these investments? Are we getting a good value for taxpayers? You know, certainly looking through and trying to streamline that process. Um, And, you know, and then also I think there's this opportunity for the treasurer to weigh in more on some of these policy issues. And so that's something that I would would change administratively with the offices, be much more active and much more aggressive in uh, trying to engage with, Bills uh, and proposals that impact the state's finances as they're working their way through the legislature. Um, you know, being a being an active voice in those uh, negotiations, being an active voice as those bills are being debated, um, trying to bring in again a point and a counterpoint, uh, check and a balance to make sure that we're hearing you know not just one side of the story. Uh, I think a concern that a lot of uh, Illinoisans have, and one that I have, is that. You know, right now we have uh, Democrats in all constitutional offices and in control of both the House and the Senate. When you have one party in control of, you know, really every aspect of government, uh, sometimes, you know, folks in the office, they, they don't have an incentive to speak up. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to, uh, you know, try to hold somebody else accountable because they're in the same party and they don't want to ruffle any feathers. Uh, that's not how our government's set up to work. And uh, you know, again, regardless of what parties in there, I think we should have uh, a mix. And I think we should have people who are willing to hold other people accountable and be a check. So
0: sort of pivoting to the race, um, the statewide race as a whole, uh, Darren Bailey grabs a lot of headlines. You said at a recent news conference, you believe he'd make a good governor. Are there, has there been an endorsement either way uh, between uh, you and, uh, uh
1: Senator Bailey, uh, no, I mean, look, I'm I'm focused on running for treasurer. I mean, this is uh, this is an office, as you mentioned before. We we've got to work to to make sure people pay some attention to this. We have 55 days left, and you know, I'm really focused on trying to say, look, I'm running for treasurer. Here's the things that I believe about state finances and about the office of treasurer. And uh, you know, I I know people have a lot of other decisions to make on that long ballot, uh, all the way from local races up to federal races. Uh, but I'm really trying to focus on the race that I'm running for, which is the office of treasurer.
0: Does does some of the comments uh, made by uh, Senator Bailey make it more challenging to get a message out or
1: no? There's always a lot of attention on the top of the ticket um, on the highest profile races. You know, we, we knew that certainly going into it, that uh, the race for governor was going to be. Uh, one with a huge amount of money spent and a huge amount of attention from the the public on, and so you know we we've tried to build a plan again that's that's very uh, focused on uh, issues of of taxes and spending of dollars and cents, and so you know trying to cut through some of the rest of the clutter that comes out there, um, just by having a, a very straightforward message. And is is it more challenging because of the top of the ticket? The top of the ticket is taking up a lot of the energy and oxygen. We knew that was going to be the case regardless. And so that's, again, that's why we've tried to have a very disciplined and focused message. So you said energy,
0: oxygen, and money as well. Are you having challenges with fundraising? Is, is, that, is that, I guess, how big is that hurdle to overcome compared to the treasurer's uh, campaign fund?
1: Well, fundraising is always a challenge for any race anybody runs. I mean, you know, unless you can self-fund, unless you're a billionaire who can write yourself checks, uh, anybody else who runs for office has to try to reach out to donors and has to try to get those those donations coming in in order to be able to deliver your message. And so that's something we're working on every day and we will continue to work on, you know, all the way through the election day is to try to find uh, like-minded people uh, who want to support a message of fiscal responsibility, who want a check and a balance in the system, and uh, who will contribute to, uh, so any dollar amount to be able to help us get that message out. So it's uh, certainly, it's a challenge for everybody who can't write themselves checks, uh, but it's uh, one that I, I think we've got a good uh, audience that we're working with and, and you know, we're, we're gonna continue to work on that all the way through the election.
0: You were part of a slate that had the support of uh, Ken Griffin, who was Illinois's wealthiest man. Now, maybe, is in Florida. Uh, was there an expectation that you'd see better fundraising from him? And is it a major detriment that you have not?
1: Well, we've been trying to reach out to a lot of uh, donors at various levels for you know since we announced back in January, and so you know that whether there was any. Plan about one specific person. It's, it was more so about let's reach out to everybody and see where we can get support from, uh, you know, across the board. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that we're going to continue with that plan, which is we're, we want to reach out to donors, large and small, uh, people who can contribute any level, and just try to build some momentum and build a real team behind us. And why has it been so difficult thus far? Uh, it's always a challenge to fundraise. I mean, talk to anybody you know who's out there right now. If you're uh, if you're not an incumbent uh, and if you you're not a billionaire who can write you know yourself or your uh your other elected officials checks uh it's tough and so you know we're we're continuing to work through that though and i I think we're gonna you know come up with the resources that we need to deliver the message effectively.
0: all right anything else you think the listeners here need to hear before uh, we end this interview?
1: I, you know I would just say that you know this is an opportunity for us to Uh, Again, there's a lot of other issues that are floating out there in the world. Uh, This Office of Treasurer, it's an office about the state's finances. It's an office about, you know, what we think the tax and spend policies in Illinois should be, how we think the state's fiscal health looks. Are we on the right trajectory? Are we on the wrong trajectory? Uh, Do we feel confident that there's not going to be, you know, repeated attempts to raise taxes in future years? Uh, This is an opportunity for voters, uh, Republicans, independents, Democrats to send a message. And that message of fiscal responsibility, you know, don't continue to raise our taxes, is an important one. And that's one that I'd fight for as state treasurer.
0: All right, Leader Demmer, I appreciate your time as always.
1: You bet. Thanks, Jerry. Have a great day.
0: So that was State Representative Tom Demmer, the Republican candidate seeking to unseat the state's Democratic treasurer. I'm Jerry Nowicki with Capital News Illinois. This has been a special election edition of Capital Cast. Thank you for listening.